Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Kat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV Show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so glad you're here with us tonight. This is a live show. And if you have any questions for our guests, please feel free to call in to 646-929-1546. We've been waiting for you all week. We're so glad that you're here with us this evening. Imagine wounds healing up overnight. Arthritis, bone abnormalities, abnormalities and bone spurs just dissipating. And physical structure imbalances correcting themselves with the slightest fingertip touch. Imagine chronic back pain just evaporating. Bruises change color and normal coloring returns within an hour. I mean, long time, seemingly permanent conditions coming to an end. Professional athletes see instant recovery from injuries, even animals. Their illnesses and their diseases disappear. Now, if this sounds like soap opera miracles, you're mistaken. These are actual healings from the hands of Dr. Gloria Kay, a highly regarded psychotherapist, yoga therapy pioneer, hands-on healer, and UCLA Medical School lecturer on healing touch. So she relates these and many more histories in her eye-opening new book, Healing Hands, Healer's Hearts, in-depth insights, practical techniques, and inspiring stories of success with non-traditional healing. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gloria Kay. Well, thank you so very much. So this is just amazing. Healer's hands, healer's heart. Uh, You know, where did you even come up with this incredible title? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I have a book shepherd, so I don't mind sharing my book shepherd with uh, would-be authors. Her name is Ellen Reed, and she has a whole staff of folks. And so she and her staff came up with the title, and it suited me well. So I said, Uh yes, Ellen, let's go for it. There you have it. (laughs) That's great. So any of you authors who are listening in today, if you need uh, help with your titles, Ellen Reed, is it R-E-I-D? Yes, it is. And she's known as a book shepherd. I love that. Uh, uh, you Isn't know, that's that great. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So um, how have things in the field of healing changed over the last 10 years? Oh. Because it looks like you've been in it for a very long time. I have. Actually, it's a very much accepted modality. I would say within the last five years, I've seen the greatest change. And Mm -hmm. I'm very much in demand. It used to be I was um, a little fringy, but even with my credentials, um, I was not as accepted as I am today. So I think the tide is changing. 
um, you know, alternative medicine is very popular now, and I think that that's one of the reasons uh, I am being sought after at this time in my life and my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spoken with a lot of doctors who are on the cusp of, you know, alternative medicine, and they also work in the regular medical industry, and they say the same thing. They have to be very careful. They're still walking on eggshells, but the tide is turning. And so that's kind of what you just said. You know, when you think about Dr. Bernie Siegel, he he had such a hard time swimming upstream against that alternative medicine current. And now, you know, he's so sought after as well. So, um, you know, you mentioned how in like, Latino cultures, healers are a part of that tradition. Why do you suppose they're not a part of our American tradition? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just wasn't in the culture. You know, when we when you think about the origins of this of America and how we began, um, mm-hmm. not, healers healers were not part of that at all. Now, maybe in some of the southern states. I've come across this. I've worked with a lot of basketball players who work from the South. And so in some of the southern states, you know, there used to be a little old lady who had her herbs. And if there was a problem, the kids would be taken over to this woman and she would, quote, unquote, perform miracles. But overall, this is not something in the American culture, not at all. Hmm. And it and it so needs to be because it is so important. It it obviously there is something really important about alternative medicine because it has been around for so very very long. You know, you had your healers, and most of them were women. Um, they they were uh, healers. They were also midwives. They were the first person people ran to when they had an ache or a pain and the herbs and, and spices like cinnamon and nutmeg mixed together is like a natural antibiotic you know what they learned was just absolutely amazing and you know i, I don't know if, if people realize it but um penicillin is from uh from uh bread mold <laughs> so yes. that way back right. when, bef- before we had penicillin, the healers like yourself actually took bread mold, mixed it in with water, and had people drink it. So it's not mm-hmm. like our alternative medicine and our healers using that alternative medicine are a whole lot different from modern medicine. Just modern medicine is put it into a pill. But let's get back to, to energy healing and, and uh alternative medicine. Can mm-hmm. anyone learn to be an energy healer? Well, right now I'm doing a six-month comprehensive training. Uh, it's a very small, intimate group. I have four students, and we're learning how to work with animals, children, um, chronic pain, uncommon solutions for common problems. And so, yes, when they complete the six months, they will have techniques that they'll be able to use on themselves, their families, and their pets. Whether they want to identify themselves as healers or not is another is another situation. Mm-hmm. So this this course that you're talking about is it uh, at all similar to the ones that I've heard about using Reiki or Theta Healing or any of those kind of healings? Is it similar or totally different? Well. 
I, I'll give you an example. Um, we just finished the module on animal healing. So what I did with that was to go through um, a hypothetical animal and talk about the areas that need infusion with energy, if there's a behavior problem or if there's a lameness or digestive complaint. So this is very, very specific. Um, this is very specific ways of dealing with with uh, abnormalities. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not at all generic. It's not at all generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, our mm-hmm. next module will be with children. Uh, I was discussing this with someone today. Um, one of the things that I did recently with a little infant who uh, went to the emergency room several times with bad pain uh, was mm-hmm. to look at the food that the mother was eating. So, you know, this it's kind of investigative, this work. And the way I teach people to use their intuition where to look for uh, the issues. So you're kind of like a healing energy detective, too. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so tell us, what, 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 what did you find out about what the mother was eating? And how was it affecting this infant? Well, the the baby was very colicky, and mom was having onions and garlic and tomatoes. That's all I remember offhand. But those were mm. very, very tough for this particular baby. Interesting. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, if you are a mother and you're you're still breastfeeding or you've got an infant and you're eating, you seem to be okay, but your child is not. You have to ask yourself what it is you're eating then. Because, you know, I've always uh, said that yeah. if, if we become, you know, if we become what we think, we are what we eat. Interesting, yeah. 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 So um, you talk about how uh, the hands are not usually placed on the distressed area. Uh, for instance, a sore throat can most effectively be treated by placing the hands on the back of the neck. Why is that? Well, it infuses the body with energy. And when you go directly to the area of distress, um, sometimes the body is more resistant. But if you kind of go in through the back door, you have a better shot at uh, correcting the situation. Oh, that's interesting. So there might be some resistance to... There might be some resistance to that healing, and oh my goodness, we could pull out our our Freud couch and go to town on that <laughs> one, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Today I was so, the person that had and oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, that's all right. Go. Oh, today I worked with a person who had a knee issue, and mm-hmm. it was necessary to infuse his entire body with energy uh, before focusing on the knee. So that's what I did. Interesting. Interesting. You know, but if you really think about it, that makes so much sense because all of our body parts, you know, that old song, uh, you know, the, the, the wrist bone is connected to the elbow and the elbow bone is connected to the shoulder and the shoulder is connected to the knee bone because eventually you do get down to the knee bone. So all of our body is interconnected. And when you, when you throw one part of your body out or when something goes wrong with that one part of your body, it affects your whole body. So by treating yeah. the whole body, you, you get to, to the root of the problem, right? 
Yes, yes, yeah. So in almost mm-hmm. all cases, I do not go directly to the area or the main area of distress. Right. Mm-hmm. So when would someone uh, go to an energy healer versus maybe running to the emergency room or something like that? When would they seek the help of a healer um, at different stages of recovery or maybe right right away? That's a hard question, and I'll tell you why it's a hard question. There's so many variables. So I will never knowingly put anybody in jeopardy. So Mm -hmm. if someone, well, I'm just thinking of an example. I was treating a woman who was in her 90s. She had chest pains. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. willing to address that because I wasn't sure if she had broken ribs, she had had a fall, or what was going on with her. So uh, I refused to treat her until she uh, went to a physician to actually see what was wrong with her. And after she went, I felt comfortable doing that. So, you know, that was an extreme example. But, uh, you know, people will come to me if they've tried other ways to resolve their issues. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, I'm I'm the first choice, and that's fine, too. Uh, but it, it's, it's really difficult to answer that question. Uh, recently, I worked with a woman who had bad stomach pain, and she had been to the doctor, and they weren't able to diagnose her. And in cases like that, I'm fine, you know, because the energy can't hurt anyone. But they didn't know exactly what was wrong with her, and I just wanted to make sure that I wouldn't be putting her in jeopardy by just exclusively doing energy work. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's... I, I think that's so smart, um, you know, and there are so many people that I've spoken to who've gone to the doctors um, because they have an ailment, and, and the doctors, you know, they're they're very concerned about their patients, and they use all the tests that they can possibly use to try and find out what the problem is, but sometimes it's a problem that they just can't seem to put their finger on, and I think that right. that's when the energy healer really shines, when that energy healer well, says, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, we've ruled out all these other things. We've ruled out appendicitis. We've ruled out pancreatitis. So let's just see if we can get the body to heal. And I think that's really important. Sometimes you don't necessarily need to know why, just that it's there and then deal with it. Right. So I do deal with misdiagnosed and undiagnosed conditions fairly regularly. You know, they just throw up their hands. They just, I don't know. But as long as, uh, you know, they've been checked out and nothing that I would be doing would be putting them in, in jeopardy, I'm willing to I'm willing to work with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you find that with your patients, do they really have to believe in healing for it to work? And do you no. think that with, with your students also, do they have to believe in the healing? in order to be able to use it on other people? Okay, so those are about three questions. Number one, I know. You Take to, your time. <laughs> you have to believe no, because the energy affects things cellularly. And if anyone is really curious about this aspect of healing, if you go to my website right on the home page, um, there's information about how the energy is communicated and uh, this segment was developed by a physicist. She used infrared to uh, 
to show how energy was communicated. So you can actually see there's actually evidence that the energy is communicated. And um, in this one particular instance, this woman had neck pain. And you could see how the energy was just being transferred to her neck and how uh, it was radiating throughout her neck. So you can actually see it. So, no, you don't have to believe. I do believe there's a scientific basis for this. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what were the other aspects of this question? Oh, <laughs> I, I wanted to know if, if the, you know, did you, do you have to, like, for instance, do your students have to believe in, in this healing for it to work as well? No, they don't. But anyone who has a strong interest in learning more usually has an inclination, usually has an ability to access uh, healing energy. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is it that you feel when you actually put your healing hands on someone? Do you feel anything? Yes, uh, and it varies. Um, so the woman that I worked with this morning uh, had a hip issue and a knee issue. So there's resistance usually in the areas where there's distress. So let me say that again. There's usually mm-hmm. physical resistance that you can actually feel where there's an area of distress. So I put my hand there sometimes. Uh, again, not initially, but let's just say I put my hands on the area of distress I can feel the resistance, and as the energy is communicated, the resistance, uh, the resistance, resistance resolves, so the area actually gets softer. Really, you can feel the yeah. area actually get softer. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's amazing. So, um, you you know, you talk about how your job is to assess the imbalances. And find the point of correction. How do you find, we, we, we know about how you find the imbalances because you said that you could feel the difference. So how do you find this point of correction? Okay, first of all, um, the structural imbalances you can see. So if one shoulder is higher than the other, you can see that. If one part of the ribcage is protruding more than the other, you can see that. If one hip is higher than the other, you can see that. So those are structural imbalances, okay? Now, you're mm-hmm. wanting to know how I know the point of insertion. The point mm-hmm. of insertion uh, yeah. is not is, – I'm calling it the point of insertion. So okay. I'm looking for an area where energetically I can enter the body, okay? And it's usually not the area of distress. So I just have to be very intuitive and follow my hands, and it took me years and years and years just to trust and follow my hands. So uh, that's what I do. I follow my hands. And for instance, this man with the knee issue today, I was working uh, on, his, on his thumb and his forearm, and I've treated him for a number of things. So, you know, he's, he's very trusting, and I said, please just allow me. Oops, I don't know what that is. Sorry about that. Blog Talk Radio, I mean, we get all this energy going and stuff just starts popping. It's amazing. (laughs) You must be, everything you're saying must be true or there wouldn't be all this energy around it. (laughs) I was holding his hand and, you know, he had a knee issue. 
And I said, please trust me. You know, I just have to find the point of insertion. And in his case, it was the underside of his forearm, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. just a, it's a very intuitive thing to find that point of insertion. But if you don't feel intuitive and you just want to put your hands on the area of distress, that's fine too. So my recommendation, if you're going to go in that direction, is to place one hand on the area of distress and the other hand somewhere uh, somewhere else on the body. And if you can find a diagonal, for instance, on the shoulder, say there's a shoulder issue, so you place mm-hmm. one hand on the shoulder and maybe one hand on the hip. So you have a diagonal mm-hmm. effect going on. And what does that do? It just seems to move the energy. And that is if you can't find the point of insertion. So if you're just going mm-hmm. to if you're just going to hold the shoulder, it's not going to be as effective as if you put your other hand elsewhere on the body. Interesting, interesting. So have you ever had someone, uh, like, come into your office and say, Doctor, you are my last hope after they've tried different antibiotics or different doctors? And and how do you respond to that? <laughs> I, I guess I've had that happen a number of times. I just say, well, I will do my very best to help you. That's uh-huh. how I respond. And, and have you had someone say that to you and then actually did help them? Do you do you have a, a client in mind without naming any names that you could maybe share their story with us? Uh, I'm trying to think offhand. Oh, I had a long time ago, I had um, a musician with uh, vocal dystonia. And he had and over that? It's a what disorder is- of the hand. And at any rate, he uh, that's exactly what he said to me. He looked at me and he said, you're my last hope. <laughs> and so I was able to help him. Was I able to help him fully? No. In his case, I wasn't. And I do my best. You know, that's all I can mm-hmm. do. In my mm-hmm. best. And so for your listeners and anyone who's interested in healing, really important just to be present. Just be present. And you know you'd like to help someone and you'd like to see a positive outcome, but you really can't control that outcome. All you can do is be present, use your intuition, and also the touch is very light. So if people want to experiment with it, it's a very, very light touch. It's not massage at all. It's a light touch, and then the energy just radiates from your hand. Mm. So uh, we're we're actually down to our last, believe it or not, seven minutes. I mean, this this uh, uh, this half hour went so quickly, and I don't want to have you go without sharing your contact information with our listeners. How can they get in touch with you and uh, share your social media pages with us as well, so they can find you? Well, the best thing to do is to go to my website. Um, just my name, I have a couple of names, but just my name, drgloriak.com. And I prefer, and if if you're interested in a session, I'm going to ask that you call me because I get a better sense of what your issues are when I have a conversation with you. So I'll give you that number in just a moment, and I'll also give you my uh, email address. So the website is drgloriak.com. Dot com, And my direct line is 
805-701-0363. Going to repeat that, 805-701-0363. Okay, so we got that. And my email address is also drgloriak at aol.com. Great. Thank you so much for for that. And, and Dr. Gloria Kay's book is Healer's Hands, Healer's Heart. And uh, tell our listening audience how they can, they can get your book. That's available on Amazon. Okay. So they can just go to Amazon.com and, and type in Healer's, H-E-A-L-E-R apostrophe S, Healer's Hands, yeah. Healer's heart. So, Dr. Gloria, when did you realize that uh, you had this astonishing ability to heal using your hands? Well, I, my first recollection uh, occurred when I was 16, but I still did not know that I was a healer until I was well into my 20s. And I always seemed to know what to do with people, and I just assumed that everybody had that kind of intuition. Every, you know, that everybody knew how mm-hmm. to help everybody else. And, of mm-hmm. course, later I found out that that wasn't the case. So I was in my late 20s, early 30s, when uh, I realized that this was a very unique gift. Wow. And and do you think, was there anybody else in your family that had this gift, or were you the only one? Yes. No, I inherited this from my great aunt. And my grandson also has the gift. So did your great aunt ever discuss this healing with you? How how did you know that she had it? Well, actually, she died before I was born. And just the family story indicates that people used to go to her. She uh, lived in Kiev when Kiev was Kiev. And people in the village used to go to her and she would make them feel better. And that was my mm. great aunt Katie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So well, it's a beautiful story. Thank you. I was named after her and still did not connect the dots until I was well into my 30s. You know, that there was a reason that I was named after her. Uh, wow, that's wonderful. And and I also see that that you um you help people who are in cancer treatment recover faster and and you increase their comfort. Uh, during their their treatments, and you did this at Cedar Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that you know that would be so helpful to them because you know I'm a three time breast cancer survivor and I went through cancer treatment twice, but I did mix holistic and 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 uh, healing medicine with my conventional medicine, and I've got to tell you, I, I came out with a healing that was greater than the sum of its individual parts. So oh. I want to thank you so much, Dr. Gloria, for being on the show with us today. We have about one minute left. What would you like to leave the audience with? What last thought would you like for them to embrace? Uh, that if you have issues that are not resolving in a traditional way, um, try to find a good healer. Huh. Great, great advice. Well, thank you. 
very, very much for being with us. And for and, and we hope that you'll come on again. We were talking before the show. Uh, I have a Monday show that is a Skype show, and it's on. It's through uh, New Earth International. You can see that show on my Facebook page, Cat Cannabis Show. And I am going to be having Dr. Gloria come back and be on that show with me to talk about her healing hands and healing heart. So that's Dr. Gloria Kay. Uh, again, thank you so much for being with us, and we look forward to having you on another show again. Oh, thank you. Okay. Don't go Bye-bye. away, everyone. Bye-bye. Don't go away, everyone. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we have another fabulous guest for you. We have Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and she's coming on to talk about her new book, Love, Sex, and Relationships, her dream dictionary. So don't go away. You are not going to want to miss this. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're, doing, we're getting ready to go into the second part of this show, and I believe we have our next guest with us, but I want to tell you a little bit about her first. Kelly Sullivan Walden is on a mission to awaken the world to the power of dreams. She's known as America's premier dream expert. She is the number one best-selling author of I Had the Strangest Dream, and It's All in Your Dreams. Also, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams and Premonitions, and the newly released Love, Sex, and Relationships Dream Dictionary. So without further ado, let's bring Kelly on because I don't know about you, but I have lots of questions. Kelly, are you there? I am. Hi, Kat. So great to be with you. Uh, Kelly, um, you know what? You came on to the to the radio show, and all of a sudden, my cell phone started talking to me. There's so <laughs> much energy in this room. I never cool. touched the cell phone. It just started talking, and it goes, to whom do you want me to send this message? I want you to send it <laughs> to all of my listeners, and we've got Kelly on the phone, and we're going to talk about love, sex, and relationships, her latest Yay. book. Oh, my. Yay, so... Yeah, so Kelly, tell us about your book. What in the world gave you the idea to do this amazing book? Ah, thank you. Well, I 
have I've been interested in dreams ever since I was old enough to say I had the strangest dream. So ever since I was about five is the first remembered dream I had. And at the same time, I've always been a romantic. I've always been interested in how to make love stay, interested in relationships. My first crush, my first love was Elvis. I thought I was going to marry him. Right around the same time, I fell in love with dreams. I fell in love with Elvis, and I was plotting how to take him away from Priscilla, and um, that didn't work out, but I at least tried (laughs) in my own five-year-old kind of a way. But I I've been a serial monogamist my whole life. I've really, I think I've spent one entire year after I was 11 years old without being in a relationship. And so it was in and out, in and out, um, you know, relatively like the, you know, a year, three years, five years, seven years. And now I've been married for 14 years. And um, congratulations. Thank you. And in counseling people about their dreams, I see I see a lot of clients, mostly women, and we talk about dreams, but at the same time, we talk about relationships. Love, sex, relationship issues seem to come up kind of in a, in tandem with, with dreams. And I thought one fun way to look at dreams into interpretation is through the lens of the steamy lens of, of romance and see if instead of just creating another sort of generic dream dictionary i could i could create one that 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 skews everything towards love sex and relationships so that we could have a more specific way of looking at those dreams and not just a, a general way for people that are romantics like myself mhm mhm so that's how it came out <laughs> that's how it came yeah. out oh and and what a great way because it was just natural it just you know it, it was part of part of your life so what does being mm-hmm. a dream expert mean to you, because I'm sure our audience, those who who may not be aware of dream experts, may be going. So, what does she do? Does she just dream really mm. well? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, it's so funny because I didn't know that I that dreams. I mean, I I I was having a conversation with my literary agent about. Let me see. Back in 2006. Five, and we were talking about publishing a book that I had written on a completely different subject, goddesses actually, goddess in a pinch, and um, and she was saying, you know, this book we're having a hard time selling this one, but I think you should write a book on dreams because you know you're you're always talking about dreams. It's every other every conversation we have. It has dream, and I'm like, really? I don't know if I should write a book on dreams. I mean, it's just doesn't everybody dream? Ever? It's just you know, everyone does that. It's, and she said, no. I mean, just because we all do it doesn't mean that people talk about it and think about it and have a point of view about it and and work on them like you do. So that was the beginning of me becoming conscious of something that had been all around me all along. And as I went along, I and I did write a book. I got a book deal with Warner Books back then called um and the book was called I Had the Strangest Dream, the Dreamer's Dictionary for the 21st Century. And that propelled me into focusing on dreams more than I already was. So it my focus on dreams had been more of an unconscious focus on dreams and then it became conscious. And then it became 24/7 365. And then I started to really do more in-depth research on dreams and learn about different dream practices and, and the science of dreaming. And, and before I knew it, I was doing all kinds of media and then being, being touted as a dream expert and, 
And and when I go to the IASD conference, the International Association for the Study of Dreams, as you'll find out, Kat, when you go, or you've already been, you've already been, you spoke there, you spoke on several panels, you know that Mm -hmm. most of the people that attend are uh, kind of way heavy on the academic side, and then we've got the 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 shamans that are kind of you know straight out of the jungles of Peru, and then we've got some of the wild, wacky, lucid dreaming artists, and then there's you and I who have kind of real life experience, and we just fell into dreams because we love them. For you, your dream sa- saved your life, <laughs> so that kind of. <laughs> was the cosmic <laughs> highlighter pen saying, oh, I think you need to do something with this. Um, for me, it was more of an area of passion and interest. And I forgot to mention that when I was young, and still to this day, my sister, my younger sister and I had tandem dreaming experiences, which was particularly interesting and compelling that, that really kind of set me on my path. And you know, even though I didn't know that I would one day be touted as a dream expert, but here I am, nine books mm-hmm. later. So, yeah. Nine books later and five of them yeah. are on Dream. So, so Six. give us an yeah. example. 6. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um I stand corrected here. It's better yeah. than I even thought. So, uh <laughs> Well, I count my Dream example. Oracle cards in that mix because there is a okay. there is a guidebook in that. So, it's not technically a book, but it is a deck of cards that that is very dream centric and to me it was a huge labor of love. So, I kind of count that as as a book, even though technically it's not. So you were right. Five books officially in one deck of dream oracle cards. Okay. So while we're we're on the subject of the books, how can our listening audience uh, find your books and find your cards? How can they get those? I'm You're sure so some sweet. of them are probably on their computers right now. Going I love you. It. Thank you. They're they're available everywhere. I mean, Amazon's kind of the quickest way to go. I always mm-hmm. try to encourage people to go to their local mom and pop bookstores or or any any bookstore, brick and mortar. If you have if brick and mortar, if you have not brick and mortar, that sounds horrible. Brick and mortar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you have a local bookstore, go to it. And if they don't have my books there, then they can order it. Most of the Barnes and Nobles and and Borders, if if they're still standing, they they have most of my books but you can if you're if you're going to be online shopping then you can go to amazon.com and get everything or barnesandnoble.com or you can go to my website which is which has everything plus you can get all kinds of dream goodies from me for free if you go to kelly sullivan walden.com and if that's too hard to spell you can also get to my same website by going to I had the strangest dream.com. And if you put your name and email in, you'll get a free uh, meditation from me. And it's a meditation, it's called Unzipped. And it helps you to kind of unzip your cares away before you go to sleep and helps you to then, because you've freed up some bandwidth, you can then focus on what you want to dream about so that you'd be more, you're be closer to manifesting the life of your dreams via your dreams through this meditation. And it's free. Mm. Oh, and we do love free stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Can't help it. Just love those free gifts. So thank you so right. much for offering yeah. those to the audience. Oh, by the way, while I'm at it, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. there's two yeah, other yeah. things. There's mm-hmm. I do have a Paris women's retreat that's coming up at the end of June. Ooh. And if anybody's interested in doing dream work in Paris, I'm partnering with Wendy Kaplan, who wrote the book Seven, um, Seven Steps to Your Next Bold Move. So it's a women's leadership workshop that will be dreamy in Paris. And you can go there. The simple, I made a, I made a, t- a tiny URL. So it's tinyurl.com dot 
com forward slash Paris Women's Retreat. So there you go. Great. And and when is this? Just just so that this is they can check June, their calendars right now. June 29th through July 2nd. So it's short and sweet, but it will be deep and powerful and amazing. And I would love for any of your listeners to come. And I'll even offer a little discount if they say that they came from you. So tell them to send, send me an email if they're interested in receiving the discount, and I'll find a special link for them. And they can email me at kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at Kelly SullivanWalden.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for that. And let's get back because I, I I just really want to know about this dreaming you did with your younger sister, the tandem mm. dreaming experience. Can you share one of, one of those with us? Well, the first time I remember us doing it was, and this is really the first remembered dream that I have, and it was recurring. It was terrifying. It was a dream about a witch who was chasing mm-hmm. my sister and I through a castle. And I just remember the part that really stands out is we were on the the top level of the of the castle and we were overlooking it was like thousands of miles down so it seemed and it was dark and scary and we were both being cornered and and I would wake up before the witch caught us and Shannon had those dreams too my sister Shannon I have four sisters by the way and I love them all but my sister Shannon is the one closest to me in age and most psychically connected with me and she remembered having those dreams so we had all these kind of how to outsmart the witch conversations in our waking life like what will you do (laughs) and we ended up talking about how we I mean talking about the dream and how we would outsmart the witch and she had the idea to pull her mask off I had the idea that we would throw her over the edge. We just had these, all these different things. But basically what we were doing without realizing it is now really the crux of the work that I do with clients, which is dream alchemy and dream crafting, where I have people take an unpleasant dream and find a new ending for that dream. And and because of that process, then the nightmare can stop and you can sometimes receive a tremendous gift. And there's a fancy word for it, and they use it at Harvard and it and all kinds of other sleep study clinics. I, I spoke with some doctors from, from the University of Chicago that also do this, um, and it's called IRT, Imagery Rehearsal Therapy. It's where you take an unpleasant dream, and you imagine it in your waking life, you either draw a picture of it or you talk about how it would change or you write a script about how you want it to change and you envision that before you go to sleep and more. And usually within one to three sessions, that recurring nightmare stops or it changes and you become empowered. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it could save you years and years of therapy. (laughs) You just got to fix yourself. Oh, it's. It's so tremendous. I love the perspective that a nightmare is an unfinished dream. And Mm. that just means that we need to, as the director of our dream, or at least the co-director of our dream, finish the dream. Because I've I've had some terrifying dreams, and I know that you have too, um, Mm -hmm. where we, if, if we just leave the dream as it is, it can it can traumatize us it can be so upsetting and 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 we can if we take we can either take action on the dream that's like preventative measures from whatever like what you did you took your nightmare and you took action that honored the dream when you had the dream about the monk and the feather you honored it so in that way 
that was the perfect thing to do instead of just dream crafting your dream and try to, trying to wish the cancer away you mm-hmm. took action that that honored the dream and i suggest that first but if it feels like it's not tethered to something in reality, like if it seems more metaphoric where there's just like a monster chasing you, for example, mm-hmm. or a witch that's going to throw you off the top of a castle, you know, you might not really know a witch, a real witch, maybe your boss or, you know, mother-in-law mm-hmm. or something like that. But um, <laughs> then you can you can play with it more metaphorically in your mind and your imagination. You know that it's worked when it stops. So just like with you, Kat, after you took, I've always wanted to ask you this, and I haven't done that, so if you don't mind me mm-hmm. turning the tables on you for sure. a second. When you kept having the recurring dream about mm-hmm. the monk, and then mm-hmm. and it was becoming more and more insistent, and then when you took the action that your dream wanted you to take, and you took that feather in, and you verbally fenced with the doctors, and they said, yes, exploratory surgery, and you and you were able to handle it and and you and remove the cancer, then did that dream stop? The dream morphed because what I did was, and, and I think okay. we discussed this before, what I did was I rewarded my spirit guides, my guardian angels, for coming into my dream, into my lucid precognitive dream, to tell me that something was wrong. And by following the advice that they gave me, I rewarded them and showed them that I did believe in them and I did trust yes. in them. So then yes. they turned around and gave me more beautiful gifts in the way of dreams ah. with information. So it's sort ah. of like, you know what it's like, Kelly? It's like when you when your parents tell you, no, Kelly, don't don't drink and drive because if you get into an accident, you could kill someone. And I see that you've been drinking at parties. And if you continue to drive, you're going to have this accident. And mm. you listen to them. And you're mm. in a situation where you you could drink and you could drive and you remember them talking to you and you choose not to and somebody Mm. else gets in an accident and your parents go thank goodness you listened to me and they say to each other she's growing she's learning she's learned Mm. to listen to us we're Mm -hmm. ready to give her more information and that's Mm. what the spirit guides did because i listened to them Mm. i i dared to go into my doctor's office after he told me i was healthy and to go home like three other times and say i'm not leaving because i know something is wrong but not saying well I had these spirit guides that came into my dreams and told me I had cancer because I wanted help and not a padded cell so you know I had to walk a very fine line but that's what happens when we when we take those nightmares and we we turn them into what you said you know that gift then you get more gifts what was one of the what was one of the gifts like the continuing intuition and awareness Mm -hmm. is that like the clairvoyance well, the, the other gifts were, you know, I had been asking, I knew about dream incubation, and I had been asking and asking and asking to see my mother, who had died six months before I was diagnosed, mm. and I wasn't seeing her in my dreams, but mm. once I went in there and actually confronted the doctors and, and knew that my guides were right and trusted in those strange Franciscan monk guides. I mean, people, you know, Kelly, people tell me, I have these beautiful angels that are my guides. I have, you know, the Archangel Gabriel. And I'm like, yeah, I've got a monk. You know, so it was right. quite thing. Well, I didn't have all these beautiful angels with feathers. I had really somber monks. But hey, but it got your I attention. Had, they did. But, and I had the dream where 
the the pop-up that I'm talking about in the windows happened and my spirit guide monk came through and said come with me and he took me into that room between realms that is probably a room that near-death experience will go into it's Mm. neither the room of the living nor the room of the dead but a waiting place a Mm. waiting spot between the two where both yeah both sides can meet and I remember I was like on this conveyor belt it was the most bizarre thing I was on this conveyor belt I had a spirit guide in front of me and a spirit guide behind me these monks and I'm going through this this completely white room and there's my mom standing Mm. with a group of women and she looks over at me as I'm going by and she's mouthing the words I love you and I said to my monk guide I want to get off I want to get off I want to talk to her he said you can't stop you have to keep going she can stay where she is but you have to keep going and I said but I can't hear her anymore and he said that's part of the process And it turned Mm. out that when I told my dad about this dream, he brought out the album, the family album, and two of the women he was, she was talking to was her sister who had died many, many years before I was born and her mother, who was a trapeze artist. And I'd never seen them before until I saw their pictures. Mm. I remember their hairstyles, you know, they they were those strange 1930 hairstyles, you know, where they kind of turn under and and Mm. they, they, uh, you know, they their bangs are like they've got a bump in them and something, you know. Uh-huh. It's very different from our hairstyles today. And the shoes they had on had the peep toes in them. So, mm. yeah. So it was interesting. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I, I love that you that you received a reward. I was just talking with um, uh, another dream expert. I think it was Robert Haas. Um, from the Dream Science Foundation, and he was talking about dream trilogies and and rewards if we get the message. And um, mm-hmm. I just recently had uh, the awareness of a of a dream trilogy for myself, where I it was so baffling to me. And because you know, often as a dream expert, it's kind of easier to interpret other people's dreams, and my mm-hmm. own are kind of like, what in the heck? You know, <laughs> like, big question mark. <laughs> yeah. Because we're but so I, close to it. Exactly, but I just ha- I just posted on Facebook. If anybody wants to go to my Facebook page and read more about it, that's Kelly. It's Kelly Sullivan Walden, Doctor Dream. But I I post um I posted about my dream trilogy about tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> tomatoes. One dream, the first one I have I'm smearing tomato sauce on my face, thinking it's lotion, and someone's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> And then, then the next dream wasn't my own dream, but somebody called me with it. They said, Kelly, I just had this dream about you. Oh, my God, you got to call me. And I'm out to lunch with her in a dream with another friend, and the friend takes a tomato out of her sandwich and smears it on my friend's white pants. And she's devastated and humiliated and so upset. And I was in it, and I was laughing. And she was so heartbroken that I was laughing at her tragedy. And, mm-hmm. and, and then the third in the series that I just had was I was winning like a cordon bleu um, cooking competition, even though I don't cook. And I was winning second <laughs> place with my tomato soup that I had made. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, well, dreams of three like that are supposed to be like shamanic dreams. So what do you think the tomato means? 
Well, my first hunch was tomato sauce on the face is like having a red face, being embarrassed. If somebody throws mm-hmm. a tomato at you, it means they're booing you. You're, you know, shamed. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was doing it to myself unconsciously. So I had to ask, where am I ashamed or where am I nervous? And I, and I don't know that I've landed on it entirely, but I do know that I'm becoming more and more public. I've got my radio show. I'm doing mm-hmm. TV. I've got a TV show in pre-production. Uh, and, and I know there's some shy part of me that's like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> don't say anything stupid because I have a runaway mouth if you can't already tell and you never know what's going to come flying out. So I think it was like that's some part what we of love me about like, you. oh, my God. So I, you know, there was, I think there was something in that because sometimes, you know, when you, when you open your mouth and anything you know could fly out it's i don't know you don't have your edit your editor is kind of 10 steps behind going wait a minute so that and then in the second dream it was it was um teresa a friend of mine having the tomato i thought of it as a smear campaign on her white pants like her white pristine image being smeared with tomato mm. sauce so that was like i was doing it to myself in the first dream in the second dream it was being done to someone and she felt like a victim and my thought process around it is wouldn't it be great to be so full of self-love that nothing would be embarrassing that everything would be fine like no matter what secrets were revealed it would be like yeah so what i'm, I'm proud of this like go ahead check my closet Look at my boogeymen in the closet. Aren't they cute? You know, like there would be nothing to be ashamed of. And if somebody did want to do a smear campaign, I think the last time I I had, you know, I when my first book went to number one on Amazon, it was like, yay. And all these people said, oh, my God, we love you. You're great. And then there were all these haters that came out of the woodwork saying, you should die. Yeah. And you're horrible. And who the hell do you think you are? And it was like, ah. so. I think oh, there's something the in, in the face. There you yes, go. exactly, exactly. So I think that the reward came where that I won the second prize. I didn't win first prize, so I think I still have work to do. But mm-hmm. but it was about having self acceptance and finding and knowing that self love is the solution. That's what I got. What do mm-hmm. you get from that crazy dream? I I you know I think it's a great dream and and I'm seeing three dreams with three women's and with mm. three women and three different mm. tomatoes and my <laughs> mind jumped to id ego super ego so which of those three women, which one was your ego, which one was your super ego, and uh, which one was id? And because, you know, to a degree, most of our dreams have aspects of ourselves in them, but I always ask myself, well, what part of me is a monk? <laughs> I don't know where that's true. Comes from. That might be in your sex, dreams, and relationships book, because that's a little bizarre. Aren't they supposed to, you know, not be into sex, dreams, and relationships? But anyhow. Or sacred sex. Sacred sex. I don't know. Or Keep going. Sex. I don't know. We or, could have we could have a heyday with that. And and you know what? Yeah. You're going to be coming on to my Monday show. The the Doctor Gloria, who was on just before this one, wants to come on the show on Monday on Skype. All of you listeners, you're going to get to see Doctor Dream. Kelly Sullivan Walden on the Monday show and we're just going to have a party with dreams and I know that we we have a lot of listeners on that live show believe it or not Kelly we're down to our last five minutes I can't believe how fast this party time went you know it's like girlfriend Friday on on Tuesday (laughs) (laughs) so please tell our audience 
You're going to be co-hosting mm-hmm. my my show. You're, you've well, you just started last week, but in every every couple of weeks, you'll be on Dreams Unzipped with me. So I get to I get to see a lot of you and hear a lot of you yes. and and be in the conditioning field a lot with you and your monk self and your feather <laughs> that I yeah, want. No, my, my monks own. are going to be watching. You know? yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them with rulers in their hands like the old uh, nuns used to have, but mine have feathers and, you know, so. I want um, that feather. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to be doing Dreams Unzipped. I'm going to be on with you the second and fourth Friday. And I want all the listeners to know that on the fourth on the fourth Friday of every month, Kelly and I are going to open that show up to have people call in with their dreams. It is going we're to be call so it, much fun. We're going to call it Dream Day Q&A. So the whole oh, I love show, that. Yeah, Dream Day Q&A. So this is where if you have a dream question, and you can use a, you can use a fake name if you want to, but you know, yeah, I, there's, okay. there should be no shame in your game, in Mm-mm. your dreams, or in your game. You can no call tomato in. on the face. No tomato on the face. Embrace everything. <laughs> Embrace everything. And if you want to find out about it, you can go to dreamsunzipped.com, and all the call-in information is there and the time and how you can listen online or in all the different ways that you can listen. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, share with our audience um, how they can get in touch with you, get your book again, because some of them may have come in a little bit late, and I don't want them to sure. miss any of that important information. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Um, I'll start with social media. Twitter is mm-hmm. Kelly S. Walden. That's W-A-L-D-E-N. So Kelly S. Walden is my Twitter handle, and that's the same for Instagram and Pinterest, by the way. And then Facebook is Kelly Sullivan Walden Doctor, spelled all the way out, D-O-C-T-O-R, Dream. So Kelly Sullivan Walden Doctor Dream, that's Facebook. And if you go to my website, kellysullivanwalden.com, you can find out all about the all kinds of things that I've got going on, all my books and that. And if you put your name and email address, you'll get a free dream meditation from me. And you can also find out about the Paris Retreat if you go to tinyurl.com slash Paris Women's Retreat. And if you're interested in becoming a dream life coach, which is what I train people to do with all the different wild learning and dreaming modalities that I've studied over the years and developed, you can go to Dream Life Coach Training for a free 15-minute inquiry session. And I think that's all my all my stats. Well, thank you so much, Kelly Sullivan Walden, for being with us, Dr. Dream. Um, make sure you go get her new book because it's just awesome. And again, we're, you know, Kelly and I are going to be on a radio show together. You can go to my Facebook page as well, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, to uh, hear this show again and uh, pick up any of the other shows that Kelly and I are going to be doing together and the Skype shows. So I want to thank everyone for being on the show with us today and listening in and we look forward to you being on the show and with us again next wednesday remember you can always call in and talk to our guests so until next wednesday have a great week everyone and thanks again for being with us on the kathleen o'keefe cannabis show good night sweet dreams Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. 
this show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.